Brian. Scott. Brian, you're not happy. <laughs> Let's not mince words. <laughs> I am annoyed. Right. I'm annoyed. By I've, I've felt your tension all week. I know. I, I knew you were angry at me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're like one of those like moderate squishes telling me everything's all right. You know, that I'm overreacting. <laughs> Actually, everything's good. <laughs> right. So... Jalen Brunson is the uh, is the gun control is bill, the gun control legislation, right? Yes, right. Exactly. Yeah, like, but oh. the draft itself was the Supreme Court decision allowing <laughs> a concealed carry in New York. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It All wasn't right. quite Roe v. Wade, but it was like you know, it was it just really didn't appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get I it. I just didn't appreciate it from the Knicks. I just we show up at the draft with Jaden Ivy in our sights and the rumors are spilling it and oh we got him, we got to get him. All we got to do is x y and z. This, you know, that's just like cuz that's what we need, right? We need like a potential star, whether he is or he isn't, like he maybe he is, you know? That's possible with that you can daydream about it. Like he could be a star player. And we walk out of there with no one, <laughs> with no basketball players added to the New York Knicks roster and some vague draft picks in the future that may we may or may not ever actually possess. And I just, just pick a guy, just pick a guy. <laughs> Pick a guy and send me some YouTube highlights of him and let me start talking myself into him and pick a well, guy. Let's, let's also set the stage. Explain to me your draft night setup. Who were you watching with? What was the deal going on in, in yeah, your apartment? I'm watching with my seven-year-old son trying to explain to him the draft. <laughs> and, oh, the Knicks, we're going to get a new player. Who? And I'm like, we're maybe going to get this really good guy named Jaden Ivey. And he's and we're watching YouTube clips of him dunking. And he's getting all excited. And I'm getting all excited. We're maybe going to get this guy. And then, like, oh, no, we're not going to get him. They took him. And he's like, oh, we're not going to, you know, now he's disappointed. But he's like, well, who are we going to get? I'm like, well, we're it's coming up. We're going to find out. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> And then they get to the Knicks, and I'm thinking, A.J. Griffin, Duran, either of those would be – that sounds exciting. Okay, one guy can shoot. One guy's maybe Bam Adebayo type player. Okay, interesting. And then it's Jiang, the guy <laughs> never heard of. And I get my face, and Nate's like, is that good? That wasn't one of the guys. Who's this guy? I'm like, I don't know. And then it's like, oh, wait. <laughs> I literally don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't play in college. I think I don't know what country he's from. Right. I hadn't heard I his think. name one time connected right. to us. Never. And it was like, okay. All right. And I'm like, but I'm still like, all right. Maybe he's like the Greek freak or something. He's a, he's from, he's overseas. He's a mystery man. He's <laughs> and then, oh, wait. Oh, no, wait. They're trading him. They're trading him. You know, Nate's like, what? Why would they do that? You know, like, oh, well, let's see who's for. And then I'm thinking, oh, because maybe it's a trade and they're going to still get that guy. And I'm like, oh, are they getting him? No. Oh, who are they getting? <laughs> no one. What do you mean? Why didn't they pick anyone? They picked no one. <laughs> Why did they pick anyone? I don't know. <laughs> well, that's a disappointing first draft night. It's <laughs> right. Explaining to a child the draft and what it means, and oh, we're gonna get a new player, and then like uh, <laughs> the draft ends, and he's like, "What? Well, we got <laughs> right." So let's just summarize. Nate's introduction to the NBA draft was. Seeing another team draft the guy that we wanted. Yeah. Then us drafting a guy that even his dad had no idea who the hell it was. 
<laughs> then trading that guy away and getting nothing tangible back. Right. It's, so it's just like we took a guy no one knew and gave him to someone else, and that's it. That's right. the sum total of the draft. And he was like, what? And like, <laughs> this is so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I think also you were hurt by giving up Twitter. I do kind of feel like you need like a Twitter burner with just like a Twitter burner with only maybe max a hundred people to follow and they should all be sports related. No news. I might. Yeah, I might start. I definitely felt the lack and I was on it more than I've been in, in a long time. Like just like I would go to like Woj and like, you know, look at his account. Right. Because um, I think that was hurting you because you were at some points where Matt and I kind of knew what was going on. You were totally in the dark. So you're texting. Right. Like, I think that we had already traded away Diang, found out we were getting Durin. And then Matt and I were still like kind of processing that thinking like, oh, we're still going to get Ivy. And then you came out with a text that was like, who's Diang? And we were just like, he's not on our team anymore. I, you know, I don't know. So like, you know. I was thinking to myself, well, Brian's not on Twitter, so he's probably like triple confused about what, because it was I really was. weird. Yeah. Was yeah. Like, what is happening? Yeah. Right. You know, I think ultimately what's making me feel a little bit better right now, as I had suspected this all along, let's just, I'm going to call a spade a spade here, Brian. I think you're blaming me for you not managing your son's expectations. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're mad at me because of that. I just like, I just like, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like they tried this thing last year, with which was right. They had this good surprise season. They had the four seed. You had Julius Randle as this second team All-NBA player. You had RJ as an ascending player. Let's see if we can, you know, bolster it a little bit. And, and, and it didn't work. And like, to me... It's time to go back to the just draft and draft and, you know, keep building it that way. And, and they should be looking to unload salaries and, and continue just adding more talent that way and hope you get lucky that way and not go. I don't, I don't know. I just don't. Now it's like Jalen Brunson and a hundred million dollars. Okay. He's okay. Um, that's a lot of money for him. And we still have Julius Randle here. And I don't know. I, I don't see the light. Uh, here, All right. So I think that first thing I want to ask you is, is just, are you just mad that we didn't get anybody? Like you'd have rather just drafted anyone. Yes. I just think... The draft is the place where you can get the, the star that you're looking for. It's the best vehicle. Um, and every time you don't, you, especially when you're in the lottery, and just wait, just being there and not taking a swing for a guy seems just crazy to me. But I mean, when, you, when we first got the 11th pick on lottery night, how'd you feel about that? No, I mean, obviously you're not as psyched as if you have the third pick, but like, that's just, you just gotta, you, you got it. You gotta keep taking the swings. That's where you find the guys. Every team that is in the contention has a player that they drafted who is a key, almost every team anyway, has some player that they drafted who is like a key part of that equation. Like most teams who have a true star player drafted them. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I'm not even arguing against drafting anybody. I'm not happy they didn't draft anybody. I, or I don't think that it was like the smart move not to draft anybody. I'm just looking at it like this. is I see a clear plan that the Knicks had. Like, they did not go into draft night knowing that they weren't going to draft anybody. I think they went into draft night thinking like, we want Ivy. That's the player that we want. 
And there is like a ceiling, which we don't know what it was, but there's got to be some sort of ceiling for what we're willing to give up in order to get him. But, you know, ultimately Detroit has to want to give him up once they well, drafted him. what about him. the Kings? What was their best offer, you think, to the Kings? I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. that's ultimately the thing. But it also, with the Kings, we weren't the only ones who wanted that pick. There were a lot of teams that wanted that pick. The Kings didn't trade it to anybody. And then they drafted a guy that nobody wanted it for anyway. I so know. That, that's why I don't understand. If they're not going to take Ivy, why wouldn't they trade out of that pick? And why not give them the world? I don't know. Like, I feel like I But what's given the world, right? Because you want Ivy to be at least with somebody. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I mean, you start over around talk him. Talk about same old Knicks then. It's just like hitting the Why reset. Are same old Knicks. You got to totally yeah, reset. You got to keep resetting in this league. Otherwise, you get stuck. Like, we've been stuck forever. Like, we, we're, we're, we can't get out of it. Like, that's the only path is find a star and build around it. And once you've got one, then it's quick. Then it I, happens I, fast. I, 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 fine. The Grizzlies get but, John Morant two years later. They're the most exciting team in the league. Like, it happens quick. But again, I'm not arguing that you don't get good players in the draft or you don't get star players in the draft. I don't know what we offered Sacramento. We don't know. Like, unfortunately, we haven't gotten the full story. and We may never on, on what went on there. But I know a lot of teams wanted that Sacramento pick and nobody got it. So it wasn't just us. Like, so who knows what they were asking for, the Kings. Um, and then the same thing with Detroit. Like, again, I don't think we did nothing. I think almost as soon as Detroit drafted Ivy, there were tweets that the Knicks have not stopped trying to trade for him. I don't. You know, I think they made a – yeah, I think they made a real effort to get him. I think they yeah. really wanted him. So, I don't have any fault there. I mean, I, I think I would have paid the price probably maybe even more than they would have. But so my my point is, is that if you look back, because I know like whatever, I don't know, you know, we were just texting with Matt too. It's like the same reaction is going to be LOL Knicks, no matter what. The, but like, I think that in the past, what the Knicks have done is they've hung all their hopes on getting one guy. And when plan A didn't work out, they were just like, shit. And then that was it. And then they, they trotted out a barely NBA roster. For that year. Like, if you think back pre-Leon Rose, we have, like, Mills running the show with Fizdale as the coach. And I think we had Fizdale as the coach in order to lure uh, LeBron here, and who ended up going to the Lakers. And then what happened once LeBron chose the Lakers? We had nothing. You know, like, our backup plan to uh, Kyrie and Durant was Randall. You know, that was our big acquisition <laughs> made us no better whatsoever. I don't think this is the same where I think that plan A, they went in, they really wanted Jaden Ivey. They thought he could change our franchise. They didn't get Jaden Ivey. And then it wasn't just like, oh, shit, we didn't get Ivey. Let's just take anyone random and then we suck again. Like, I think they're like, okay, we really want this kid. He's who gives us the fresh start. If we don't get him, we get we clear off some cap space, we get Brunson. And I just think that, you know, he's not the the, the drafted star player that's going to take us to the next level. Fine. Anyone we drafted there wasn't going to be a guarantee to do that, not even Ivy. And there's upside to Brunson. Like, I think one of the things that frustrates us both a lot is Randall, his presence, his stench, all of it. I think if we're going to find a way to get rid of Randall, Brunson could help us get there. If Randall plays better next to Brunson, then his contract isn't so terrible anymore, and we can get him out of here. I think Brunson, you know, he may not be the answer, the savior, but I think he could make the guys that we have and that we like better. Maybe. Isn't he Randall? I mean, he's. I just don't see it like, oh, they didn't do. They did. They're doing something different. They're still, you know, oh, they're they're stockpiling assets so that they can trade for this like elusive star player, who they're never getting. Like, 
they didn't accumulate any good assets either. They got these like middling crappy picks that aren't really that valuable. And yeah, they still have their picks. So they have some picks. Like they do have stuff they can throw in trades, but like they don't have like, you know, what like OKC or those teams have where they truly have tons of like quality picks. And like, they don't have the way to get those. Those are hard to get. Um, but like, you know, they, they don't even have really the pieces to like get this Murray, you know, whatever, Jante Murray from San Antonio because they don't have those, like they'd have to empty out all their best first round picks to get that guy. And they don't want to do that for that guy, which I don't blame them for. Yeah, um, me either. But like, they're still just like in this holding pattern where they're going to try to be okay and then hope that that's going to, that some star is going to get disgruntled enough to like force his way here. And you keep watching these dominoes not fall their way. Like Zion's going back to new Orleans. He doesn't want to come here. Like Carl Towns is now firmly ensconced in Minnesota. They're on the, they're on the ups. Like he's not coming. Like Dame Lillard is now too old anyway. Like Bradley Beal, they're not getting him. Like, they're not getting the star. So it's like, to me, plan B is like, all right, this thing didn't really work. Like, let's get rid of these guys. We have a nice little young core. Let's draft another piece to that young core. And and let's hope we can land a star player. And our fans are pretty much a lot, like are going to be okay with that because they love this group of plucky youngsters we have. And they'll be excited about another first round pick who there were some talented guys there like why not just go that route well because we get another talented young kid to go with the young core first of all there's no guarantees we don't know like they the knack the leon rose has drafted pretty well yeah no matter no matter where the pick is but some he didn't like anybody you know what i mean i don't think he, he just they didn't like any of these players as much as they felt like Brunson could help them. So if he's a good drafter and they don't like what's there, they just thought, well, this is the better route to go. I, you bring in another young player, where are the minutes coming from? Like, There's we don't know. Minutes. This whole They don't have minutes. They're not a good team. If he's a good player, he'll play. Like, they have minutes. There's minutes available. Like, there wasn't enough whoever minutes last year. Sits. Whoever's for... not good sits down. That's who. If the guy is good, he'll play. But that's not true, Brian. Deuce McBride. Deuce had McBride the... stinks. <laughs> <laughs> he's not Brian, good, so he doesn't play. His plus minus, yes. Brian. He's like six <laughs> feet tall, and he can't shoot. But he's it's plus good. minus, Brian. He plus minus is all over the floor. He's not that good. <laughs> I I just think like. You have penciled in whoever we didn't draft as some sort of Hall of Famer that could resurrect us, where I don't think, like, I see a path with Brunson. You're right. You know, all these names, they come and they go, but then they pop up just as quickly elsewhere with different people, like Durant and Kyrie are suddenly available. Since they're not. When? They're going back. <laughs> they're not changing well, teams. Well, I mean, Kyrie can't, but... And well, they're both. I mean, they're both very much right, under but contract. We're not getting them. We're not getting them. They're not coming to us. I mean, we don't want them either. But th- my point isn't that they're coming to us. It's just that the names are going to change, but guys are still going to want to go places, and we're still in a position to do that. You know, like we have picks to toss into things. We have talent. You know, you add another good player like Brunson, it softens the blow of having to give up whoever in a trade because it, it doesn't now feel like we're trading away all our good players to bring in a good player. And so that it's like a net neutral move. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't think like Brunson moves the needle much. And if like our off season this year is Brunson for a hundred million bucks, like I, I just, am like, I, I don't, I don't get it. And I got to watch Julius Randall still and Evan Fournier who I don't care. I don't even, I'm not as much of like, they got to get rid of him because he's useful. He can shoot. He has like a elite skill. Um, I agree. I, I, that's why I think, wouldn't he play better with a solid point guard? Even if maybe, it's not a I star. Brunson. I just like, like, why not? I, I don't know. Like, why not just give quickly the starting role? If you're going to, if you're going to pay this much for Brunson, like 
I don't understand the allure of, of Jalen Brunson, really. I, I don't know. I don't see him as such an upgrade to what we have that I want to move heaven and earth to get him. And then we're stuck with him and Randall as like $300 million of basketball players. But are we moving heaven and earth for him? Or did we try to get Jaden Ivey? Did we try to move heaven and earth for Jaden Ivey? Strike out. And then feel like this was the next best course of action. Like, again, if Jalen Brunson was plan A all the way, I would be pissed too. But I think it's clear that he wasn't and that he is plan B. And you could disagree with plan B, but at least A... They were trying to acquire the star. They were trying to utilize a strategy that you prefer, and it didn't work out, and their backup plan just happened to be this guy because I do think – you know I don't want to watch Randall either. I don't know that anybody in, in Nick's fandom hates Randall more than I do, but I do think that we can't get rid of Randall right now. No one wants him. So we need him to play better to get rid of him, and I think, again – is Jalen Brunson all NBA? Of course not. But I think he is an upgrade over starting Alec Burks. And I think he could make some of the guys we want to be better, better. And it makes Randall more tradable. It gives a salary to match to bring in a big star. If one, like, I just don't think what we're doing now is too different from last year. And I know you see that as a bug more than a feature. But I think, you know, last year... We were disappointed in the offseason, and then the Kemba signing changed everybody's outlook. Now, all the stuff from last year, last offseason, does not look good right now. But a lot of that was, well, look, you know, there was no star available. We couldn't get a guy, so we took a flyer on Kemba to see how that would work out, and it didn't work out. And We all supported it because they were being creative given the circumstances that they had. I think same thing. I think we wanted Ivy. It didn't work out. And so we have to like be creative with sort of the circumstances that are left. If they don't like any of the guys left in the draft and they think, well, listen, maybe we bring in Brunson. He's good enough. We'll be competitive for a, a playoff spot. He could improve Randall's reputation around the league so that maybe we can get rid of him and get something real in return for that. You know, he could make RJ Bell like we've always we've been saying even before the draft that RJ was the key to our happiness. Not even the Knicks season, just our happiness as humans. RJ was the key to that. I don't think Brunson's gonna make RJ worse. He could make him better. You know, we still have all the guys we were hoping to still have, we still have. We still have quickly, we still have Obi, we still have Grimes, you know, Tommy Beer still has Deuce. They're just not going to play. <laughs> but, you know, that's not true. They're going to play. You're saying there's plenty of minutes. There's going to be plenty of minutes for, that, for those guys. Maybe now Randall can come off the floor a little bit more. You know, like Obi and, and Quickly are more trusted now. They're three years in. They had all those early morning sessions last year with Tibbs where he just got his hands dirty working with the young guys. You know? Uh, Brunson is probably more suited to Tibbs also. Brunson. <laughs> I mean, it's not look, I mean, I hear you. Like it's not a terrible team they'll be trotting out, I suppose. Um it's just look, it's a loaded Eastern Conference now. Are they what are they? What is that team? Brunson, Fournier, RJ, Randall, Mitch. Seven what seed? are they? Eight seed. All right, let's look. Hold on, I want to look at the. I want to look at. Are the, they better uh, than Toronto? I guess maybe. Yeah, I think we could be better than Toronto. Okay. What was the? Uh, let me see. What was the season? Uh, what were the final standings last year? I'm just pulling them up. All right, in the East. All right, so are we better than the Heat? No. Celtics? No. Bucks? No. Sixers, probably not. Raptors, maybe. How about the Bulls? Maybe. Kind of like the Bulls. I kind of like the Bulls too, but like... Is, no, I don't uh, like the Bulls. I'm saying oh, you don't like the we're Bulls. kind of like the Bulls. Okay. Like, we're in that. Yeah, Bulls were a six seed last year. Okay. Brooklyn, probably not it's, as good as the Bulls, but... It's hard to know what Brooklyn is. 
because it's just a dumpster fire right now. Cleveland? Are we better than Cleveland? We're, you know, we're probably in that realm, right? Okay. Right. Atlanta? So we're in the, we're in the yeah, Atlanta's pretty good. They're going to be better. Yeah. Charlotte's not bad. I mean, yeah, it's competitive, yeah. you know, but I don't think we'll be bad. I, it wouldn't shock me if we got as high as a six seed. Yeah, the 16 sounds like a stretch, but. It could be, you know, but if things work out, I, I you know, I, I don't know. I don't think it's a disaster. I don't think it's like depressing necessarily. I just think we're playing the hands that we're dealt and we're, we're we keep moving forward a little bit, even if it's not big leaps forward. Like, again, what does it matter, right? What matters is I want to turn on my television at 7.30 on a Tuesday night in February and not wonder whether or not I'm wasting my time and my entire family's time. Yeah, I mean, they'll they'll leap the bar of like... But I don't know, you know, you, these these situations can come become... They can start to feel hopeless like pretty quick once you have these kind of, you know, like suddenly you've got you're going to have to extend RJ whether that's this year or next if you have Brunson RJ and Randall but all three like over 100 million dollar players like you know that's going to be hard that's that, that this like flexibility that's going to be the team pretty quick like um i guess if RJ's good enough you know he he's movable and if Randall's value is like you know, rejuvenated, he becomes movable. But, you know. And Brunson could be movable in two years, in 2025, like when the cap The jumps. Bulls are a good example. Like, the Bulls last year, right, improved. And for a while, it was like DeRozan was going to be an MVP candidate. And, uh, boy, the Bulls, they did, that offseason paid off, you know. And then that got pretty depressing there in Chicago pretty fast, you know. And now, I don't, there's not a lot of the, buzz around the bulls and you know like they're gonna keep levine maybe and that's their team you know and like i don't know i'm I'm sure their fans aren't like devastated but you know are they super psyched i don't know right i mean but i mean again middle end of february last year would you not have just killed to switch places with a bulls fan i guess but like I don't know. I, I did enjoy last season and the end of the year when when we were just playing those young guys was like as much was almost like as much fun as I've had that last couple of weeks of the season was like super fun. And I was sort of hoping to see like us go in that direction and just like figure out a way to I don't know. I just want to leave the NBA draft where we have a lottery pick with a lottery pick on my team. <laughs> but I think ultimately, right, that's the thing that, that bothers you, that we can't change that. The draft ended. We we didn't pick anybody. We can't go back and get somebody now. We can't redo it. We didn't take anybody. And I get it. I get, but like last year, what you loved were those young players. And guess what? We kept all of them, you know? Like that's pretty awesome i think that we still have those guys i know you said you they're they're not going to play but here let's look at jimmy butler okay cuz jimmy butler under tibbs in chicago rookie season eight and a half minutes a game second year 26 minutes a game third year 38.7 minutes a game fourth year 38.7 minutes a game you know obi and quickly are both going into their third year in the league it wouldn't be inconsistent with Tibbs to see a major minutes jump for them. I wouldn't be shocked either if it was Grimes. You know, maybe if the first unit isn't so Randall-centric all the time, and it's not just RJ, but Brunson kind of there to facilitate that, maybe, you know, those guys do get more minutes or, or things with the lineups do get shaken up a little bit. I don't think it's out of the question. I think, too, you're right that the team does become the team. But I mean, look, if we drafted somebody who sucked, right? Cause look, it's just, we picked Knox eighth, Frank eighth. It's just, it's possible we get an 11th pick that just isn't very good. And I guess that gives us a little more flexibility, but it's still, it's just like we suck. And then we're just in some weird cycle 
where not only are we not good, we're not even fun to watch because it's so discombobulated. You have this new guy in the mix. Brunson, I think when the cap jumps in 2025, when the new TV contract comes out, I don't think his salary will be so expensive anymore. And again, I think he gives us the best chance we have to get rid of Randall somehow. If he's not terrible, if he's terrible, you're right. We're in trouble. But what, you know, I don't know that he's going to be terrible. I think that what you're getting with Brunson is like a solid floor. Yeah, he won't be terrible. He just, I just don't feel like he moves the needle enough that I want to like, that I want him here. I don't know. No, I agree. But I think he's just like step one in the new, all right, we've adjusted. Now we get Brunson, and I think he's the best way to lure somebody in in a variety of ways. Maybe he makes Randall better and makes him tradable. Maybe he makes RJ better and, and him tradable. Um, maybe he makes the team better. Maybe he does all three of those things. And it's just we're a more attractive place to come, where somebody's not afraid to come here and not win or not be able to win because even in order to get that person, we had to give up too much like was the case with Mello years ago. You add another player that you know is solid, it gives you a safety net against, you know, against trades where you have to give up all your talent to acquire one guy and then you're just, you suck a different way. Yeah, I mean... I mean, look, I guess at the end of the day, it's still going to be about R.J. Barrett <clears throat> becoming good enough. Yes. And I'm, I'm very – I like R.J. in many ways. But, you know, I mean, it's funny. Like, of the young players we're talking about, like, R.J. is sort of the, 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 the best of them and yet also sometimes the one I'm, like, the least excited about. You know? Absolutely. So it's like he is – you're the most leery of him. Like, the things he's not good at just feel like he's not going to get there. He doesn't yeah. have that, like, raw athleticism to sort of – um counteract it um and they got a lot of eggs in his basket and he's about to get very expensive they really need him to be good they do especially if you're doing this jalen brunson thing i agree but i think even before we got brunson a lot of our happiness hinged on rj i agree yeah and i don't think that's changed Right, but now maybe more. We're more. It's more imperative. <laughs> it's well, even. It's even more desperate. Right, but I don't. Excellent. I don't know that it could get more desperate than maximum desperate. Like I think there was a yeah. maximum desperation that we needed RJ to be good. I don't think you could get more desperate than that. It's just like if RJ sucks, no matter who we had on it, it sucks for us. It's just such a shame that Randall hoodwinked us into like where now he would be like literally coming off the books and we could do almost anything we wanted yeah he sucks and instead he's like the absolute just this thing that like it makes it so hard to envision what route they should really go they can't really go young because of him they can't He's not good enough that acquiring anybody does anything. He's just this, like, problem child who, like, you know, puts up decent stats. But everybody's smart enough now to know that, like, he was actually one of the worst starters in the NBA last year. You know, like. Yes. And he's hard to play with, which also makes him hard to trade. And that's why, again, I don't have such a big problem with Brunson because, yes, we're going to pay him a ton of money. But again. The TV rights deal is up in 2025. Everyone seems to be, you know, certain that the cap is going to jump that year. I think his contract isn't so bad by then. It's two years in, and he's like a decent point guard. So there's more places we could send him than we can currently with Randall. Like Randall is like a like a semi old school power forward who doesn't pass that much. <laughs> like I don't, you know, he just sucks. Yeah. I think it's hard. Everybody's having trouble envisioning Randall as like the third best player on a team, but I don't know. I mean, he did have a good year in New Orleans with Anthony Davis. Like it is, does seem like he doesn't, I don't know that. I I think it's like his attitude. Everybody feels like he now views himself a certain way and he wouldn't 
be comfortable, you know, he wouldn't like go anywhere and play that role. But I don't, you know, I don't know Randall's personality. I know his face, you know, and his body language, but I don't know if his body language actually communicates what he, you know what I mean? I don't know. Sometimes. Right. But then there's also, he's communicated his, he's turned his body language into words in press conferences and I'm no more impressed by it often. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know that he's like incapable of going somewhere and playing some kind of useful role outside of being like the star. I I don't know. Like, no, I I think you're probably right about that. Certainly. Yeah. I don't know how deluded he is. Yeah, I don't know, like, what his problem is. I don't know that it was delusion either. He's so weird, man. Like, it's like he was so bad the first year and the third year. And it's like we sort of are – it's like he was so good the second year. I mean, he was second team All-NBA. He had one of the best seasons in the history of the franchise. Like, you could could put it up against any of Carmelo's years. Like, it was that good. Yeah. Like, it's it's really hard to understand – you know how bad he was last year <laughs> like if he had just dropped off 10 percent rather than it's just like but i you don't feel any confidence that he could get back to what he was like just like zero you know well because i think that it, it appears again we don't know any of this for sure but it appears that his deterioration last year was way more mental than than anything else yeah it's like yeah there was probably a reasonable drop off from his all NBA season. But then at the first sight uh, or at the sort of like the first hint that the fans were unhappy with it, it's just like he quit. Yeah. And that's just inexcusable. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. And it's just annoying that he like, all right, my shot's not going down. It's like, all right, man, like commit to defense and playmaking yes. and like rebounding and like, don't worry about it so much. Like we don't really need your scoring. We didn't need you to score the way that you did that, that year before, like commit to everything else, you know, like I don't really get the Tibbs Julius relationship either. Like me either. Why he's so, you know, he just didn't want to lose him or what that, what that was about, but like why he's so committed to him. Um, and I don't know, like, I, I, I will say like, you know, I've been a very big vocal tip supporter and still am. And I think he's, you know, one reason that I, I would be okay going into the season is trusting him to like put together a decent team. Like, I just don't think Tibbs, I think there's only so bad. If you give him any talent, there's only so bad he's going to be. Um, but I will say in fairness to like the Knicks Twitter folks, like, they were ultimately kind of right that there was a more fun team the whole season sitting there that like we didn't get to watch, you know, like, right. And when they did play, it was easily the best, most fun stretch of the year, you know? And like, I mean, and again, like the plus minus stuff, the off on splits, like I do think people use that data really, um, you know, haphazardly like Emmanuel quickly was bad for like long. And again, Emmanuel quickly is literally my favorite player on the Knicks, but he was playing bad for long stretches of the year. And yet his on off numbers like still looked pretty good, but it's like, you have to then, you know, you have to factor that into that data. Like, okay, well then what is that actually telling me? Like it wasn't an illusion that he was shooting terrible and like noticeably lost confidence and was playing poorly. Like, but the fact that in those minutes, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. then you can't, it's hard to then credit those numbers. Like, well, he just does something. It's like, that's not how that works. Right. You know? like, right. Exactly. Yeah. You can't be on the floor playing bad and just somehow it's like, no, but you know, the threat of him, I mean, okay, I guess, but like, no. Right. He, he's, it's uh, deceptively efficient. Right. Like, Cause he's yeah. not like, he's actually a, underrated defensive player but he's not like an elite defensive player and he's like really improved as a playmaker but he's still not like an amazing passer or anything you know so it's like right he wasn't shooting well he's an okay defender and like <laughs> not such a great playmaker but like there's just some magic there that like you know so so i don't think that like that run at the end of the year 
I'm not convinced if we just did that all season, we would have gotten those results. Like I think that process had to play out. But in fairness to those folks, the thing they were calling for all year, once we got to watch it, was like easily the most fun part of the year. Yes, and all that's true. And I look, everything, absolutely all of it is nuanced. You know, I mean, even I'm not saying I'm not even a super pro Brunson guy. That was that's probably my least favorite outcome also what I'm defending isn't so much him but just that again it wasn't like typical Knicks in that it's come up with a plan and when that plan fails just throw your hands up in the air and wait till next offseason like it's like let's get Ivy he is the young guy that's the right plan and then they didn't get it and then they did what they thought was the next best thing which and that next best thing wasn't just like okay tank and then hopefully next year some free agent will come or some or we'll get the number 1 pick or you know which we never do or whatever i'm not defending any of it i'm just saying that like i think when you have people that have a good process which is again that's tibbs i sort of trust it i think that people can fool themselves into i don't know it's so hard to to think too right because you think of tibbs as this well, I'm not going to be influenced by any factors other than winning and basketball. And that's all I'm going to do. Right. And and so, and, and you see examples of it too. It's not just made up. Like he didn't play Cam Reddish. They traded for Cam Reddish and he's like, I am not playing this guy. I hate him and I hate you. But I can also see like, how are you going to bench a guy coming off a second team all NBA season and a new contract for over a hundred million dollars? I get that there was a point at which it certainly became way more reasonable, but plus, you know, Randall was a different guy that we saw and Tibbs had to know it. And I think when you actually have a personal relationship with the players, unlike us, it is harder to be like, I appreciate all that you did last year. Sit down. That's hard. Yeah, I mean, my only issue with Tibbs last year is not like, I don't think he should have benched Randall, but it was like how often sometimes he would sit there and watch that starting unit give up a lead or or get blown out in that third quarter. Like, I would have just been like, oh, bring those guys in like at the eight minute mark. Like this, this unit's like, he just seemed to like, he never likes to deviate from that set rotation he has. Um, and whatever, that's a conversation for another day. I guess I just feel like, this doesn't seem that different to me than we struck out on LeBron and Bosch and whatever. So we sign Amari Stoudemire, who's coming off major surgery, and we give him a bunch of money. And we miss out on Duran and Irving, but we give Julius Randle $85 million. And, you know, we went for Ivy, but we didn't get it. So let's throw a boatload of money at a guy who's had one decent postseason. Another, one good season in the NBA. And, you know, there's not this huge market for him, but we can get him. And that's something. And now we keep going perpetually in this cycle of rebuild and never quite committing to any type of real plan. I mean, yes, it does feel like cyclical. somehow we've in 23 years, we've won one playoff series and had like, and never like, we're always bad. <laughs> and yet somehow we're never like a few years in a row picking in the top of the draft, you know, like, <laughs> right. It's like, we're always seventh, eighth, 11th, ninth, like eighth we're always stuck in this like and i'm just concerned that now we're we're about to repeat that cycle yeah but i i think that's kind of the thing is like we're not in the cycle or sometimes we've been in the cycle because we've put ourselves there with bad decision making sometimes we end up there because of bad luck and sometimes it's both like or it's somewhere along a spectrum, I suppose, of just like luck and stupidity. But I think in this instance, it's more bad luck than stupidity. 
you know, it just didn't work out last offseason. We all thought it was a good idea. It didn't work out, but it worked just well enough that we had the 11th pick. And even when we stink, when we completely stink, we still didn't get the the spots in those drafts that <laughs> that would have changed it for us. And that's luck and we can't we just can't depend on that. So just that this idea that let's just draft a young guy, best case scenario he's a star, worst case scenario he's so bad we're in the top 5 of next year's draft. It may not work out that way and we don't really have control over that. You know, and those aren't the only two outcomes. Like maybe he's sort of okay and we're a little better but we mostly stink and we end up with the ninth pick or something weird like we can't totally control. I feel like getting Brunson is the most controlled answer we could find that could have pathways for us to be better. I just think there's potential to be better. I don't think Jalen Brunson is the be all end all answer to our problems. He's not the guy. I agree with you. I don't think he moves the needle nearly enough, but I think he moves the needle in the direction that we need the needle to move for it to move further. And I can accept that sort of, and I didn't have the stakes on draft night that you did. I didn't have a, a seven-year-old sitting with me who cared about what was going to happen. So my stakes for us, it's like, I just, I wanted Ivy. I really did. I wanted Ivy so bad. And then when we couldn't get him, I think anybody was going to disappoint me at that point. So, you know, I was just okay with it. I don't love it. I don't love how everything turned out. It's certainly not ideal, but I just don't think it's a catastrophe. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. If you if you told me our off season is one is adding a lottery pick player and no Brunson, I would that would be my choice. That's what I would do. Versus trading and getting Jalen Brunson. I mean, I would not have been upset if that was it, too. But I don't think this is a disaster. I think. I think, I, we think might probably, actually... I think it'll be a disaster. I mean, I think you're really <laughs> underrating. You're also really <laughs> underrating that we might not even get them. And then it's like we just didn't pick anyone. And now we have a little cap space to, to give to somebody terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we don't get them, I, I, you know, I'm going to have to eat my words, truly. Um, and then, you know, we'll see how good Durin is and how good A.J. Griffin is. And how good Brunson is. We'll see all of it. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good those guys are. Like, I'm not like we missed out on those specific players. I just, like, the Knicks, where they are as a franchise, choosing not to take a swing at a lottery pick in the draft just seems crazy to me. When it's the, the best way to find what you're looking for, we need it. I don't know that any of these guys are going to be anything. But, like, I know if we don't have them there's a 0% chance that they turn into a star player. <laughs> like, you know, not getting them means we have a 0% chance of them turning into a star player on our team. Like, Jalen Duran cannot be Bam Adebayo for us because he's not on our team. Like, <laughs> Right, but you know what? Bam Adebayo, I mean, uh, Duran also can't be... Nerland's Noel for us, or... Right, I know. guess, yeah. I mean, that's like an argument for never taking a draft pick, because the guy could be not good, too. <laughs> like, every well, time I'm you also, pick, I'm not could saying... not be good. It's like, I don't know. Don't take a pick, right? But we, like, we, you know, if we kept, if we took and kept Duran, we never would have known if Jalen Brunson could have rehabilitated Randall's draft stock. And we we never could have known if he could you know, be what really unlocks RJ and gives him the freedom to finally flourish and take our team to the next level. Like there's a, there's a trade-off with every scenario. I just don't think it's a disaster. I don't think it was either just like slapped together. Like that's, that's my thing about past off seasons is I feel like we were caught flat footed when it was never a sure thing. Like, Oh, we didn't get LeBron. I didn't, I didn't know. I don't, who do we get? What do we do? Like, it was just more like, yo, you were never getting LeBron. How do you not know what to do? In this instance, it was more like, okay, we didn't get Ivy. We have a backup plan and we have a, like a, a realistic path to execute it that we're initiating immediately. It just seemed a little more organized, a little less panicked that our plan A didn't work out. That's what 
is reassuring to me. That's all really – I think that's really the only area where we have a real difference here. Yeah. I just don't yeah, – I don't like plan B. I just – to me, that wouldn't have been my plan B. Right. I would like I, to be hearing the Knicks are trying to figure out how to unload salary, and they just added another pick, and they're going to go with these young guys they like, and they're going to go that way. Um, but what if they couldn't unload salary? Like you can't I, I, unload Randall. Maybe not. Maybe you can't, but maybe you can. Like usually you can. Like there's usually ways to get out of these contracts. Maybe you have to attach stuff. I don't know. Um, I don't right, know. But I don't know. You're Do you right. think maybe that they, they haven't explored that at all? That. They don't even. They don't even know. They're just like. I don't know. Well, right. I and it's part of it too. We don't really know. Well, I assume we have talks. Yeah. <laughs> they never say what they're doing. <laughs> right, and no, that's legitimately frustrating. But I, I don't know. Again, I don't feel like they were like, man, this player, Griffin, could be awesome. But eh, I know Brunson's dad. Like, I don't really think that's what's going on. I, I mean, think I they agree. I, I mean, I know they think, like, whatever they think. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like this master plan of, like, oh, we didn't get this guy. Like, the pivot to, like, throw a bunch of money at the, the best free agent available that we have a chance to get isn't, like, you know. A sophisticated I mean that, fallback plan. But that also plays a position that we kind of desperately need. Also, isn't that what backup plans are? Is just like safety nets? You know, it's not the risky, flashy thing, which would have been Ivy and giving up a bunch of stuff for Ivy. So then we fell back into something safer. Like, instead of, let's do something even riskier with, you know, not not as high a potential upside as Ivy. Like, just as reckless, or just as, I don't know, just as much of a gamble in terms of what we have to give up. What? What would be, re- what? but like, there's no gamble in just, like, drafting a guy. There's no risk. Well, the risk is that you'll be terrible. I don't think it'll be terrible. It'll be a little less good than we're going to be. Right. Well, last year we were pretty terrible for a we lot were, of the we year. We were okay. We were not terrible. For a lot of the year, it was pretty terrible. We were, yeah. It was disappointing based on the year before. Right. Okay. But now we're coming off a different scenario. I don't know. At least this year we can argue about Brunson, and I don't have to. I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's not going away, though, I guess, because the young player arguments are not going away. Of course not put himself they're like putting them you know the people love those guys what happens if quickly's better than brunson i don't know what happens mm-hmm. what happens <laughs> then maybe we trade brunson to who or quickly <laughs> maybe we trade quickly and we get back something awesome okay You know, he's the one whose name was in all these other trades to get whoever. Yeah, maybe we're getting Donovan Mitchell. And maybe maybe we are. Brunson and Donovan Mitchell. That would be exciting. Yeah. If it's that, I can see it. If it's whatever this is. I think it's going to be something like that. I don't think we're going to have Brunson plus star maybe by opening day. But well, maybe we get it in February. We should. Or else yeah, it's a I, catastrophe. <laughs> i think i want to give them till this time next year that's what i want to give it brunson six foot Kemba and Walker, he has a face problem wannabe. an undeniable face problem yeah and look he's gonna want the ball are we taking the ball out of rj's hands like is the fit good is it are these guys gonna all fit together i don't know i mean i don't know all i've been hearing about for 10 years is how much we need a point guard we got a point guard. Pretty good. Yeah. I don't know, but we had, you know, we had a similar player. I know Kemba's old and all that. Didn't seem like it worked that great. But it didn't stop everybody from screaming about how much we needed a point guard. Right. Well, we didn't we don't yeah, well cuz we played Alec Burks at point guard for <laughs> god knows what reason. <laughs> 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 
Brian, we're we're inching towards the end of our of our time here. Just real quick, on a scale of one to ten, how impressed are you with Saquon Barkley's topless pictures? Uh, he's in great <laughs> physical condition. It's really exciting. <laughs> great to see. I'm just so sick of the Giants. The Giants think we all are like sitting here like Saquon, we love him. He's our like we're all in Saquon jerseys, like so right. excited for his return and not like deeply skeptical and angry at him you know <laughs> right. like it's so irritating right you should be minimizing the amount of saquon barkley exposure we're all getting right it's way better if we forget he's there and then he's awesome than to remind right. us he's there and then he's not right no one is like unaware that he's in excellent physical condition yeah he always has been <laughs> right right like Oh, God. You talk about guys that need to be good. Man, Saquon <laughs> right. is right at the top of the list. Right. I, I, need to he- I don't need to hear about Saquon Barkley's physical condition or how smart Daniel Jones is. That Those are two bold <laughs> things I don't need to hear about. <laughs> totally agree. Absolutely. Right. When has Saquon not been? How many times? Since he was a rookie, I've been looking at pictures of this guy's body parts, not right. in football uniforms. His thighs, his calves. Right. Now his upper body I have to look at. Right. Like, this is in a swimsuit competition. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. If we was a bodybuilding expo, it would be great. He would win. He looks great. Yeah. He could look like Jerome Bettis if he played like him. I, I would be fine with that. Right. If he won the Super Bowl with like uh oiled up bodybuilding display and somebody you're somebody taking the SATs for you. <laughs> <laughs> we would have a great chance. Unfortunately, right. you have to actually play football games. And that's where we you know, we might it might not come through, but are you still as angry at the Giants as you have been? Has the Knicks distracted you from your anger and depression about them? Are you starting to get to a place where you could talk yourself into this Giants team? Like, where are you at with them? I mean, talk myself into them? No. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, like, the co- I, I do like the, some of the things you're hearing about the coaching staff, I guess. Um, I don't know. What do you think about Wink? Are you excited about Wink? Uh, am I excited about Wink? I'm a little Wink? worried about Wink's bravado. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't like prefer the You're bravado. You're going to be spending the house as we're getting torched with this Tor- like, yeah. crappy secondary we have. I don't know. <laughs> All right. This crappy secondary and still very suspect pass rush until we see everybody on the field healthy. No, I get it. I don't love Wink's bravado. I'm just bravado generally, but I like Dable. I don't think Wink will be bad. I mean, I'm, you know, I don't really love bravado in these NFL defensive coordinators, but I also got really tired of Patrick Graham's just yeah, bend, but don't break and always lose philosophy. So, you know, I don't know. Let's end the freaking house. Yeah, that's true. So (laughs) bend, but don't break. But ensure defeat. Yeah, right. That's not my preference. <laughs> ensure a drawn-out, boring defeat. Right. <laughs> At least when Wink screws up, it'll be just my throat gets cut and I'm dead instantly. It's yeah, like, yeah. You know, Patrick Graham made me slow bleed to right. death every weekend. Does his, does his like his strategy of delay the inevitable. <laughs> was that written on the chalkboard (laughs) all right guys we're playing playing the box (laughs) delay the inevitable (laughs) everybody bring it in here loose slower on three one two three loose Delay the inevitable. The New York Giants. That was like by the, the like the QB sneak. That was the New York Giants. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2021 New York Giants. Delay the inevitable. <laughs> Let's get out there. <laughs> <laughs> what did they have written on their stupid shirts? Right. Listen, <laughs> Garrett wrote, what was that again? Right, like, fight or... Fight, right. No, delay the inevitable. <laughs> that should be our first pizza, guys. <laughs> Among Men merch. <laughs> oh god all right i think that's time yeah that brings us to the end on a high note what a a note to end on (laughs) all right all right folks we'll talk to you next week